When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the first game post game edition of Shout a Buffalo Football Podcast, brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Uh, barbecues, tailgating, on a road trip to see your favorite team, wherever the football season finds you. Make sure to stop at Tops for the best deals in town. From fresh meat to locally grown produce, we have everything you need and so much more for mealtime, snack time, or anytime. Tops at your table since 1962. And Ryan Talbot, uh, to my left, to my right, I don't know. It, it's my right on, on the screen, so I'm guessing it's right. everybody's right at home. What's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, happy to get some football in the books. Yes, it was preseason, but still good to see the Bills going against another team. It was, it was. And I think that there's a lot to get into and take away uh, from what happened here today. The stadium was pretty rocking. I think if, I, I didn't see the actual attendance, but there had to be close to 40, 40, 50,000 uh, in attendance, attendance. A lot of kids in the building. I know next week is the official kids game uh, starts. So that's pretty cool. But a lot to get into, and I wanted to start with some of the rookies. The first real good look at some of these rookies against, you know, uh, starters. You know, especially on the yeah. defensive side, going up against, um, you know, Matt Ryan, Michael Pittman, uh, Paris Campbell, uh, starting offensive line uh, for the most part for the Colts. Quentin Nelson out there. So I mean, this was a the first real look at, at some of the talent uh, in the NFL that that's not in a Bills uniform. And I thought, you know particularly Kyer Elam, somebody that, you know, has gotten, I don't know, lukewarm reviews in training camp and, and preseason. I thought he came out here today. He competed. He made a couple plays on the ball. I thought he struggled a little bit on, on one of the, one of those last drives in the first half, but overall with Elam, I thought, Hey, a good day and a good foundation, a foundational um, game to kind of build off of moving forward. Yeah, it's exactly what I thought we were going to see, Matt. He was very sticky in terms of his coverage right on top of the uh, receivers throughout the game for the most part. He did draw a penalty at one point. Um, he was picked on a play that resulted in a touchdown that the refs didn't see or didn't call. 
Um, but he also had a pass breakup. He, he was right there on the defender. He got very upset after he made a uh, tackle that only resulted in a two yard gain, but he want, you could see he wanted to make a play on the ball. He wanted to uh, break it up. And, and, I thought that was actually a really cool kind of encouraging sign for a young player to be so upset about giving up minimal yards, but Hey, I didn't make a play on this ball. He's striving for something. He's striving for that excellence. And and, uh, that's something that I think you saw from him early on in his career when he talked about having that notebook of, okay, here are plays that I've been beaten on. Here are things that I do well. Uh, He takes this game very seriously. So first round pick, I I thought he had a pretty nice day himself uh, along with many other rookies too, Matt. Mm-hmm. And Benford, I feel like Benford and Elam with Dane Jackson uh, getting the night off. I-, I thought we'd probably see Dane Jackson for a series or two. So I think that that tells you a little bit about what the coaching staff thinks about him and his standing uh, with things here. So we got a chance to look at Benford and Elam uh, for the majority of the first half. And I don't know. Did they play the whole first half? I have to go back and look. Um, but I thought Benford was up for the challenge. I was expecting Elam to come out if I'm being honest and, you know, set a tone, be physical, which he was. And then maybe Benford, you know, falling back a little bit, being a little bit more, um, I don't want to say invisible, but not standing out as much. And it was just, it was the opposite. I th- I thought he was game. I thought he was a big reason why the the Colts offense struggled early on. And unless they were getting a short field, uh, courtesy of Case <laughs> Keenum, uh, which we'll talk about in a few moments, but I thought Christian Benford, continues to play with a very chippy physical mindset. And I think that that's what really gets the coaching staff excited. You know, when you talk about Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, when they're talking about young developmental corners, you know, and Cam Lewis has kind of been a perfect example of this the last couple of years, an undrafted guy, Levi Wallace before that, they're not worried about, um, playing physical and, and putting themselves in, in dangerous situations. And, and I kind of get that vibe off of Christian Benford. Yeah, I, I get that vibe as well. He he made some nice plays and run support early, uh, but even better in coverage. A big pass breakup on it to create a turnover on downs uh, was just up to the task. Like you said, these were these two rookies were going against the first team offense early on in this game, and they didn't seem overwhelmed by it. They didn't seem like the it was too big of an ask for them. Um, they both performed well, but Benford re- really stood out to me, jumped off the page. Cynthia Freeland of the NFL Network was doing the sideline reporting for the Bills. Uh, in game, she reported that a GM texted her and said, hey, do you think this uh, Benford kid's going to make the roster in Buffalo? She told him yes. Uh, and then she said later on in the game, two other high-ranking officials also sent her messages wondering kind of the same thing. So uh, Benford's play opened some eyes. You know, a small schooler out of Villanova who had a really strong training camp carried that over to the first preseason game against the Colts. This is... All of this coming together is it, it, it's a couple things. I feel like number one, it's it's more acclaim for this front office and really a draft that you know. And of course, Joe Shane and a lot of other people they were involved in the draft process up until they they got their jobs. Right? They did the scouting. They helped set the board originally. But again, more changes in the front office, and the Bills are still seemingly hitting home runs on day three, and that's. That's a massive, massive win. I mean, Matt Ariza came out tonight hmm. and set the internet on fire, right? We'll talk about <laughs> that in a little bit. Um, and, and it was wild. Uh, the, we were back in the locker room. I'll tell this quick story before we get back to Benford. We were in the locker room and 
it's the return of the media to the locker room around the NFL. This is the first time that we've been in there. It was weird from a media perspective, like being back in there, navigating things. It seemed more hectic and uh, more traffic uh, than I remember. But uh, once we got in there, it was Isaiah Hodgins first. Then it was Matt Ariza. And everybody was just waiting around his locker. He wasn't scheduled to go to the podium. And we were waiting. We're waiting. He's getting dressed like really slowly with his back turned to us sitting in his stool. And all of a sudden you look, and if you were to step away from it for a second, you would see the, the scrum formed. And I'm talking like probably 30 reporters jammed in around the punter, the rookie punter's <laughs> locker. It was, it was quite a scene. I posted the video on our YouTube page. You can go check out, uh, I think it was the three minutes of magic uh, from Matt Arise after the game. But uh, just a cool little side note, side scene. But in terms of Benford, he's the kind of example. You go back to le- what Leslie Frazier said about him. The Bills were surprised when they drafted him that more teams weren't aware of the kind of value that he was later on day three and that maybe more people hadn't clamored to to draft him. Maybe the Bills kind of felt like surprised that he landed in their their plate. So they get him, and now we're in a situation where the Bills have have displayed so much um, acumen when it comes to drafting and finding talent the teams probably turn on the Bills game in the preseason and they're looking for guys that are going to get cut off this team that could be, you know, start of the season competition for rostered players and other rosters. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And, you know, I've said it for months now. We've said it for months now. John Butler is such a great coach on this coaching staff when it comes to the defensive backs that he gets these young kids ready. And every year they seem to get better and better. You know, you can look at a guy like Cam Lewis, an undrafted player out of UB and how far along he's come, uh, getting Benford up to speed so quickly. Same with Kyrie Elam, what he's done with Taron Johnson and uh, some other small school prospects over the years, like a Saran Neal. Uh, the coaching staff deserves a lot of kudos. The front office deserves a, a lot of kudos. And you, you're right. And I saw this comment. Uh, it was a response to one of my, uh, maybe to the article that I put out after the game, uh, pretty much saying other teams are just going to really like poach Buffalo's practice squad. And yeah, I, I think there's something to that. When you're a Super Bowl favorite, Super Bowl caliber team, you're not going to be able to sneak a lot of uh, younger players that maybe you were hoping to get there. We saw it last year with two players getting. Uh, poached throughout the season off of the practice squad. I'm sure you're going to see a lot more of that to come as well. Uh, what I want to see a lot more of Ryan Talbot is uh, smashing that like button. If you're watching mm. on YouTube, uh, let's see what we're at here. I got to give a, I got to give a live number. I think people really like that. Um, <laughs> but we're up over 200 people watching live. That is awesome. A couple hours after the game uh, we have, let's see here. 53 likes. Come on, everybody. Let's get those likes up. Let's get up to up over 100 here Smash before we it. hit the, the 10 minute mark. Um, let's go to Ariza next because, yeah. you know, there was a lot of pressure on this kid today. Uh, basically from the start, it was his game to hold. He held every time for Tyler Bass throughout the contest. And he knew on the last drive of the game that as he, the bills were driving down the field. Okay. It's 24, 24. I'm going to hold for the kick to win this game. I mean, all eyes are on him. And every single time, just like it's been in training camp, it was perfect. Pitcher perfect holding. Really, really great uh, from the rookie. And then the punt that set the internet on fire. You, can, you wrote <laughs> about that. Um, it just, you know, I, I don't anticipate Matt Hawk being on the roster very much longer. 
No, and maybe the Bills do him a favor and cut him uh, in the next week or two so that way he can try to find a landing spot before the start of the regular season. He he could get be in the final roster cuts as well, but you think with a veteran, you want to do them, do right by them, let them find an opportunity, maybe latch on somewhere else, be brought in if there's a, a team that has an opening so he can compete there. But Matt Ariza, in, in my eyes at least, has this competition one after one preseason game. You mentioned it uh Someone joked about the, the game-winning kick from Tyler Bass should have been referred to as the game-winning hold by Matt Ariza. Ariza was great holding, though. He's answered all those concerns this summer, anytime that we've seen him, and then the punt that you talked about. Uh, hopefully, and I'm sure the Bills hope that they don't see him out there very often this year having to punt, but when they do get backed up like that, that's what his leg can do. He can flip the entire field in your favor. So he, uh, the Bills are inside their 20, as you mentioned. He gets the the snap, and he ends up punting at 82 yards, ends up being a net 62-yard punt. Uh, and it did bounce into the end zone. Absolutely, that's something that some people said, hey, it was still a touchback. It, it was still a great punt. It still bounced a few times. There's going to be a few punts like that that could die down within the five. Um, it was just exactly what you thought you were going to see when you, all this hype around this prospect known as the punt god. He unleashes an 82-yarder, gets uh, the attention of Pat McAfee and the national media. Uh, no surprise there, though, as we, we've known for a while about this big leg that he has. Mm-hmm. A lot of stock up. Uh, that we're going to get up to. You put out your uh, story over at uh, the website. I put up some observations as well. You can, you can read those at newyorkupstate.com or syracuse.com. But I want to talk about like the biggest stock down from this game. And it's pretty obvious, right? Uh, Case Keenum, the Bills went out and traded for Case Keenum from the Browns, who went out and got Jacoby Brissett to back up Deshaun Watson uh, earlier this offseason. And, you know, the willingness to move on with Case Keenum at the time, you know, maybe they were moving in a di- different direction. Maybe they wanted a little bit more athleticism at the backup quarterback position. Not that I think that they upgraded dramatically with, with Brissett, but I think he's probably a little bit more mobile. Um, and obviously, like we've seen in the past, the Bills wanting to put a guy behind Josh Allen that has a little bit of athleticism. The reason they went out and got Mitch Trubisky. Well, you know, you've seen Case Keenum tonight. He's, he's very limited as a quarterback. If he's not dialed in from an accuracy perspective, there's a really high likelihood that he's going to struggle. Now, in the first quarter, a couple of things were at work here. Number, And I want to talk about Ken Dorsey too. First, first run through for Ken Dorsey. So some kind of, you know, coming out of the gate a little bit slow in that department. Sean McDermott talked about that. We'll get to it in a moment. And then Case Keenum had all the backups for the Bills, and he was going up against the first-team defense. DeForest Buckner was out there playing. So I don't want to overreact too much to the struggles that Case Keenum had, but it's a situation where, you know, you brought in this guy to have stability behind Josh Allen, and in game one, he didn't, like, really get you too confident in all of that. But it is game one. There are reasons why that happened, and – you know, Khalil Shakir had a really good game and, and Case Keenan was throwing the ball for the majority of it. But overall, just not a great outing for Case. No, and I saw some comments after the game about, hey, is Matt Barkley in play for the number two quarterback? No, I, he's he's not. Uh, I would be stunned if he was. He, here's some other things you have to remember. Backup offensive line in front of him. 
none of the playmakers that he would actually be out there with if he had to play in a live action game, a regular season game. No Diggs, no Davis, no Isaiah McKenzie, Knox. He was playing with the backups. Um, it, it was just the first game. High passes, inaccurate, making his guys have to um make plays on a ball so it kind of slowed things down it was not a great first in impression uh for case keenum I, i'm not going to argue that but you have to remember too he was going against the first team defense you mentioned it deforest buckner uh the, the starting some of the starting linebackers defensive backs uh barkley when he came in it was against second teamers third teamers and yes he, he did a great job against those units but it's comparing apples and oranges in terms of the quarterback comparison tonight. Uh, what we've seen from camp, Keenum is the number two for a reason. He's going to get another chance to uh, hopefully impress. Maybe in the second game or the third game, maybe he'll be out there for a series with a few of the starters to kind of get him more comfortable. But um, you, you want to see him reel in that accuracy. Definitely a lot of high inaccurate passes, especially early on in this game. Yeah, and the one to Jamison Crowder that ended up going for an interception, were you able to see a, a replay of that? Yeah, I, I was. I, I really thought when I first initially saw the replay on the Jumbotron here, and we didn't get one on the TV in the in the press box, it looked like it might have been deflected at the line of scrimmage. Did you catch that or not really? I didn't see it get deflected at the line. It was just an, okay. it was another high pass. Uh, it, it did hit. Crowder in the hands Crowder technically could have caught it, but it was so high up there and such a short route that I think it came on him so quickly that I, I would put the blame or pin it more on Keenum uh, than Crowder. But I'm sure it's a play that Crowder being a veteran would say, Hey, I need to haul that in. I need to make that play. But um, from the few replays that I watched of it, I didn't see anything that looked like a deflection, but I'll have to go back after the show and take it one more look. So I want to talk about, Shakir here transition to him a little bit yes. uh, and it kind of has something to do with Jamison Crowder Tavon Austin we're going to get into all of this Carl Tommen thank you so much for the super chat seeing the 2022 uh, draft class playing a game I would say that initial impressions give Brandon Bean a grade of A++ UDFA Raheem Blackshear look good too we'll talk a lot about him in a few minutes um, but I thought Shakir came out here today and showcased what I think everybody this was simmering with him throughout training camp and that he can do a little bit of everything, Ryan. Like this is somebody that was really seemed to be pigeonholed around draft time as like, all right, the bills are drafting him to be the, the slot receiver of the future. I think the ceiling is much, much higher than that for, for him. And listen, maybe he ends up being like the, the most effective way to use him is out of the slot. I mean, we see players in the league. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. has done a lot of that over the last couple of years. Cooper Cup, you've seen the way that he's worked out of the slot. Tyree Kill, there's been a lot of really great players, elite number one wide receivers that, you know, work out of the slot quite a bit. And it just so happens the Bills have some really good players on the outside. That might work long-term with Shakir. But I think he's somebody that can kind of move all the way around things. Led uh, all receivers in this game, five receptions, 92 yards. I was super impressed with Shakir today. And, it, you know, if not for Shakir, I really worry about Case Keenum's day. He really provided some stability out there. Whenever Keenum looked his way, good things happened. Yeah, and if Keenum would have been a little more accurate, I think on the first reception, I, I think that Shakir really could have uh, had even more yardage on the play. He kind of had to stop and then give him a chance to make a move on the defensive back in front of him. Uh, you hit, the, hit, hit him in stride, and I think it ends up being an even bigger play. Uh, I think Shakir all of a sudden is, is going to be like the Gabe Davis that we've seen the last few years in terms of what his role could be. 
You have some talented players in front of you that keep you off the field uh, in terms of being maybe an every down type of player, but you're going to get your opportunities. Uh, Gabe Davis was, was stuck behind John Brown last year, Emmanuel Sanders. So he had to kind of wait for those opportunities to arise. Shakir, as the year goes on, I think there's going to be a, a bigger role for him than maybe some fans envisioned. Uh, but it's it's going to take more than that to see a, a full-time role, obviously, when you have Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs, Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, but as you mentioned, Matt, he's not just a slot guy. He has the versatility to play inside, outside, every receiver position on this team, and that's going to benefit him, uh, especially in certain matchups where the Bills might want to go uh, four wide or, or really kind of spread teams out. I could see Shakir having great opportunities just like we at camp he's not dropping anything he's making the most of every ball that's thrown his way yeah and i think that the thing with shakir flashing like this what it also does is like really make you question some other things in the roster isaiah hodgins tonight if i was giving out uh grades i'd probably give an a uh to Shakir and maybe an A minus to Isaiah Hodgins. And the only reason I give him the minus because he didn't make a play on that one ball that, that Keenum threw that was a bad throw, but I, I would have liked Hodgins to react a little bit better. Maybe he couldn't in that situation, and that's okay too. I'd have to go back and look at the replay. But it's, yeah, you know, splitting hairs. Isaiah Hodgins was awesome tonight. And this was the kind of game that you've been waiting for Hodgins. Like this reminded me a lot of what we saw from Gabe Davis early on in the preseason, his rookie year, like, you know, some injuries early on, early on, just not getting a ton of opportunities. Well, Hodgins, you know, he really put it together today. And on a, on a day where not a good play from Jake Kumaro, uh, he, I think that's his main competition to make this roster. Kumaro, who had that uh, drop in practice a couple of days ago, comes out here tonight, makes a catch, but then puts the ball on the, on the turf turns it over, not a good play for Kumaro. And then Isaiah Hodgins comes back and has a, I think it was a nine catch 80 yard performance. Really good. He worked really well with Matt Barkley. Sean McDermott talked about him after the game. It's really important because Isaiah Hodgins also brings something that nobody else in this receiver room does his size and elusiveness. The one, if you go and look, I think the NFL shared the highlight of his one win in the red zone where he got lined up against the DB. Absolutely put him on skates, made a really good move to the outside, then makes a really a diving catch on a throw from Barkley. Those are the kinds of things it's like, okay, that's flashing Hodgins. That's that's what you want to see. Crowder has a mistake tonight. Hodgins and Shakir trending upwards. You know what you have in Isaiah McKenzie. Tavon Austin could be the, in the mix. And here's a question from Piramuto on YouTube. We can work this in. I don't think Isaiah Hodgins is a lock. But I do think he's trending in the direction of making this roster. If he does, Ryan, then things get interesting. Do you flip Jamison Crowder late in the preseason? Try to get a, a day three pick in the future or maybe add somewhere else another position group, an offensive lineman, if you don't like what you've seen there. I know Tavon Austin, they like him maybe as a punt returner. But you saw Shakir do that tonight as well. Sean McDermott complimented him for his punt return tonight. A lot of moving parts here in the receiving room. Ton of moving parts. Uh, I agree with you, Matt. He's not a lock yet, but I did move him ahead of Jake Coomer. I get it's only one preseason game, but I also took into account training camp, and Hodgins was better there. Coomer missed time, obviously. That that gets, uh, I don't want to say it, it counts against him, but availability is important. You have to keep in mind that Hodgins is a draft uh, pick of this regime. He's healthy. He's performing well. The Bills do covet special teams play, but 
how many special teamers are you going to keep over young players that could potentially carve out a role on this team, especially in, in the red zone? I could see Hodgins being a, a mismatch in, in terms of how you could utilize him, um, maybe even line him up in ways that you thought maybe you, you could have uh, lined up O.J. Howard, who uh, another concerning player there, another performance that I would say is a arrow pointing down. Um, so right now I think Hodgins is, is on the right side of the bubble, but he needs to continue this. He needs to perform well in these last two preseason games and, and show that he should make this roster and that while special teams is very important to this team, to this roster, uh, when, when you have someone that has a booming leg like Tyler Bass on kickoffs and you have a punter like Matt Ariza that can also uh, kick at 80 some yards, maybe you don't need to have all these coverage type players um, getting the edge over that last wide receiver, that last uh, cover, you know, a player at uh, linebacker. I know they, they covet those linebackers to play special teams too. So I think there should be a little bit of a shift in thinking for those last few spots based on what we've seen so far this summer. And I see a comment in here uh, from PMAC movies over on YouTube. Always wanted to get rid of Crowder. If you heard that Crowder shops at tops in value, would you change your tune? <laughs> Look at, we got comedians in the comment section. Listen, I'm just trying to figure out, listen, I think Jameson Crowder fits a role in this offense. Like I, I do th- see, think that after seeing him now in a, in, in, a, in, in a few weeks of training camp practices, the first preseason game, the interception, notwithstanding and whatever it's, it's a mistake. He glanced off his hands. You know, if it goes incomplete, we probably don't even talk about it, right? So it's not, it's not a huge deal. I'm just talking about the more young players that are ready to take a step, the more it makes other players, veteran players, guys that aren't in starting roles a little bit more expendable. And when you look around the roster, and I'm going to transition here into talking about another rookie, the roster spots are going to be precious when you get down to like, 48, 49, 50, mm. those bottom, like they are going to be some tough decisions on the bills plate. Balon Spector. I know it's a preseason game. This dude came out here, seventh round draft pick today and balled out of his mind. Yeah. Nine tackles. He was flying around. Listen, most of it happened against the 13 Colts offense and not a lot of people were blocking them. So when you're able to run free, you're able to play, make plays. Um, but just having a nose for the ball and, and being around the ball and being in a place to make plays, it's half the battle sometimes, Ryan. And I thought Spectre was really good today. Those kinds of players, if you're worried about other teams watching Spectre in these preseason games after you just drafted them, knowing when you cut him on whatever, whatever the date is, August 30th or whatever it is, that that day they're going to be picked up and, and claimed by other teams. And you're thinking about a Jamison Crowder where you're like, all right, I can, I see some ways that he can help us. I see some ways that he can fit into our offense if you're the Bills. But how are we going to get him on the field with Isaiah McKenzie and Khalil Shakir and, and, and potentially Isaiah Hodgins, O.J. Howard, whatever you want to look at. We'll talk about Howard in a minute. There's just a lot of moving parts, which is what we kind of mentioned a minute ago. Yeah, Bale Inspector, though, first uh, first of all, outstanding game. Uh, someone that really caught my eye throughout the performance. Uh, I mentioned this a few days ago in terms of the who are we watching. 
Uh, the draft analyst that said play, he plays with his hair on fire. He did that uh, against the Colts today. He made plays in run defense. He made, I think he had a he had a pass defense where he got his hand on the ball and knocked it backwards. He had a sack that was taken away from him due to a penalty, uh, but he still ran down the quarterback on that play. It was, uh, I think that was the play that were where one of the players went low on a, a Colts player and it was a personal foul. Uh, but anyways, he like you said, all over the field making plays. Uh, making a case for himself to be that last linebacker on this roster comes from a big program at Clemson. So he's played some of the best competition in, uh, in the game in terms of his collegiate career. So I think that uh, that kind of benefits him as well. I, I'm really interested to see what he does over these last two preseason games as well. Uh, again, another player that maybe is on the right side of the bubble after this game, but I think he needs to really uh, carry that over into the next two, because like you said, there's, this is such a loaded roster. Once you get to 48, 49 players, those last uh, few spots, you're, you're really gonna, going to have to convince Brandon Bean why uh, this player, one player should be over the other, and Sean McDermott, obviously, as well, because he'll have final say on this roster, too. And there's just so much talent uh, that th- the Bills might be sellers in terms of trying to trade some guys as well to make the, their final decisions a little bit easier. You know what decision is always easy, Ryan Talbot, is going over to Value Home Centers uh, and going on right now. It's your last chance to stock up on summer outdoor essentials. Shop outdoor furniture, fire pits, tables, grills, garden tools, outdoor decor. Head over to ValueHomeCenters.com for more details. Um, Going through September 3rd, it's the end of the season clearance sale as well. Save $7 instantly on Valspar Integrity Exterior Paint. $5 on Valspar True Basics Exterior Self Priming Paint. Um, Value Home Center's got you hooked up. And you know who else got you hooked up, Ryan Talbot? Top Friendly Markets. Top Friendly Markets. Your neighborhood store with more. The sizzle of the grill, popping open a refreshing drink, crowds cheering for their favorite team. These are the beautiful sounds of football season. I heard them today. The beautiful sounds as I walked into the building. Through the, I got to walk through the, you know, around the corner down there, right by uh, the media entrance. And fans, it's where they, they, they funnel into the stadium and also funnel out. And man, the, the sounds, it's just a beautiful time when football season starts again. Uh, and Tops is right there with you. From fresh meat to locally grown produce, Tops has everything you need and so much more. Tops at your barbecues since 1962. Ryan Talbot, I can't believe we haven't gone here sooner. I, I, I use this picture for the podcast, and we're not only getting into it at the 30-minute mark. But Boogie Basham. Yeah. I... I said it on channel four today before the game, we had to pick keys to the game. And I said, my key to the game is, are we going to see some splash plays finally in a game from Boogie Basham, AJ Epinesa as well. Uh, but I really focused on Boogie Basham. And then as the game started, I was, I, there was a few plays. I'd say three where I really zeroed in. I had the binoculars out. I was watching them closely and it was like, nothing was happening. I mean, on the on one play I tweeted about it. It seemed like he got swallowed up. And then all of a sudden, like a light switch, it was, superchargers. I mean, we're talking about a guy that just got like he had a jet pack on his back flying off the line. The get off was insane. Now he was going up against a guy, uh, Miller who played in the Canadian football league the last couple of years. So, you know, not top end talent, but you got to start somewhere. Like I mentioned earlier, and he just absolutely blew up a play strip sack gets Terrell Bernard, uh, an opportunity to recover a fumble, take it to the house. Uh, but a big play for boogie Basham. Yeah. Big splash play. And, uh, 
following the game, I was watching, uh, you know, the, the post game show and they said, Hey, it was one play, but if he ends up getting a, a sack per game, it would end up being a 17 sack season. And that's not saying that he's going to do that, but that's all you need from some of these players is one splash play per game. It doesn't have to be a sack. It could be a pass defense. It, it could be a big run stop. If they can get that one play out of that combination, or maybe two plays out of that combination of Basham and, uh, Rousseau and Epinesa, because you know what you're going to get with Von Miller and Ed Oliver and some of these defensive tackles. Tim Settle, someone didn't even get in my article. Uh, I was really impressed with his play tonight. Uh, then this defensive line is going to be very scary, scary good in, in a great way, a way that we haven't seen from this unit in, in a few years here in Buffalo. So that's all we, you need from those guys. The, the Bashams of the world is just one play doesn't have to be a sack, but make that one play per game where you kind of put your stamp on it. a big run stop, a sack in this case, the strip sack that goes uh, the distance for Terrell Bernard. But yeah, that's what we've been talking about. Those little plays uh, on who's going to be opposite of Von Miller when it counts. It should be Rousseau to start, but Basham's going to get rotated in for sure. Um, I want to talk really quickly before we move on to the next position group um, that I wanted to kind of cover here. And we'll talk about a few more players and throughout the week, we'll, we'll react to this as well. I love, I love going back and watching the game uh, because watching it in person is great, uh, but I think you miss some of it. So going back and watching it, we'll have some more, you know, evaluation throughout the week. Uh, and that's why I kind of like it when, when you, when you're able to watch it uh, on the yeah. TV, uh, like live, and I could bring the, in the stadium, it, it's kind of like a cool, unique um, collaboration, if you will. And that's why sometimes I'll just throw random questions at you about it. But if you're, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. Hit that like button, subscribe as well. If you subscribe every time we go live, you get a notification. So, you know, sometimes I'll, I see a lot of people commenting underneath the videos after our shows and they're like, Oh man, I just missed the live. Well, make sure you're subscribed because that way you'll get the notifications. Uh, boom, right away. And you could just kind of uh, pop in on your, on your phone. I want to talk about Kingsley, Jonathan. Syracuse product. I'm hoping to get a chance to talk to him today. He was electric today as a pass rusher. And listen, he didn't have any sacks, but I really am hoping to look at the pro football focus numbers tomorrow. I do think that they grade uh, the preseason games. I'm interested to see his grade. And I'm also interested to see what the advanced metrics show in terms of his pressures, how many times he was around the quarterback. I thought it was a one or two times where maybe not a hit, but a, a, a QB hurry or, or something in that department. I was impressed. And I look for guys like this because Mike Love, who had a sack tonight, he's the kind of guy that the Bills have just kept around for a couple of years, right? We had a comment earlier in the show, Ryan, Mike Love making the team over Shaq Lawson. It sounds crazy at first, right? Like, no, they brought Shaq Lawson in to be that veteran presence. And I thought, I thought Shaq was moving pretty well tonight. I want to go back and watch. I, nothing really jumped off the page at you. Mike Love, I thought, was what played better. But go back to Delshawn Phillips. Remember? Yeah. Out of left field. You're not seeing it. You know, So Mike Love over Shaq Lawson, they've been developing this guy. He's been in the system for years. He's been working with Eric Washington the last couple. It wouldn't surprise me. And if Mike Love, if that were to be the case, Mike Love makes the roster, they cut Shaq Lawson and get him on the practice squad. Maybe, you know, Kingsley Jonathan is that new developmental piece they try to bring back to the practice squad. He's fast. He's got a little bit of bend to his game. I liked what I saw out of him tonight. And, and it's really good when you see that from those undrafted free agents. I'm going to throw another name out there too, Prince Amelie. Uh, I thought Prince Amelie made some plays late in the game too from the, a run perspective. 
Uh, he he popped a little bit for me. So the Bills, even with the undrafted free agent class, they had some players kind of pop tonight. Uh, when it comes to Mike Love, really strong performance. I still think that uh, his his path is the practice squad. But it was good to see him flash tonight. It was good to see that uh, this coaching staff, which has had a lot of faith in his development over the last few years by keeping him on the practice squad, keeping him around, uh, that they're saying, you know, hey, look what we're seeing from this guy. We're seeing some flashes. Now, maybe he gets an opportunity in the second preseason game uh, earlier on to make a splash play. And if he can, then then we could talk more about him being a potential uh, surprise player on the 53-man roster. But you nailed it with Delshawn Phillips. There's always one or two players that surprise some of us. Uh, so I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm potentially... I'm not closing the door completely on him. I'm still on the practice squad route for him. Uh, loving these super chats, by the way, Matt. I see we have another one up here. Bill's second team D looked great against the first team O. I agree completely. We talked about the young cornerbacks. Uh, I was really impressed with the defensive line. I thought the offensive line, for the most part, held up pretty well. Uh, for Case Keenum, you know, there was a few players. Luke Tenuta made my uh, arrow down or my stock down part of the roster. Yeah, he struggled or, tonight. He struggled tonight, but for the most part, the the second team I thought held up very well in, in, against a very good Colts defense and a and a solid Colts offense as well. Yeah, uh, four hundred watching live uh, on YouTube right now. Thank you so much, and thank you to Sophia for the super chat. Uh, smash that like button. Let's get it up. Let's get it up to. Uh, uh, what are are we looking at? 200 now, Ryan, get up to 200. Yeah. Get up to 200. I think that's a, I think that's fair at this point in time. Why not? Um, where do we want to go next, buddy? Uh, real quick. I do see in the comments, Pau looked really good on two clutch catches. He's, he's had a nice little training camp, but he had a good, uh, return of the blue and red. Someone that might make this practice squad as well. Uh, in terms, let, let's go Blackshear next. I see him and come up a mul- multiple times in the comments as well. Uh, Virginia Tech running back, another undrafted free agent, just talking about how they had co- quite a few impressive players today. Blackshear comes in, finds the end zone a few times, uh, hauls in a few passes. Nice performance for the undrafted rookie. Yeah, I was really impressed with um, Blackshear. And, and really for a moment there late, a little bit concerned because you, yeah. you have a young kid that comes in here, has that kind of um, showing, looks like he gets hurt, and obviously he came back, so it wasn't that serious, but you get worried in those situations. But he came out and said, Sean McDermott said something interesting tonight. He said a couple of things interesting tonight. Um, I want to get to Ken Dorsey next. Remind me, I want to go there. Um, but he said it just looked different when Blackshear was running the ball late in the game. And, you know, that's that, that could be something uh, – I thought Duke Johnson ran it okay today. I thought Zach Moss looked really good. i got to be honest with you. I was underwhelmed with James Cook out of the backfield. He didn't look dynamic. He didn't look explosive. Part of that could have been a lack uh, of run uh, or of blocking in front of him with the second-team offensive line. So we'll kind of lay in wait in that. But for Blackshear, a guy that, you know, probably could fill a practice squad spot at this at this point in his career – you know, did a did a really good job making an early impression uh, in a big moment. He was he was huge. I mean, what do you have? Two touchdowns there, and at the end yeah. of the game, that's huge. Yeah, reminded me be... of um, 
Reminded me of Antonio Williams yep, against the Dolphins. Who I was just going to mention. Yeah. And Williams scored a touchdown for the Giants a few nights ago against the uh, Patriots as well. So maybe he sticks there. But Blackshear, two touchdowns. Uh, as you mentioned, he had the injury late in the game. It was actually kind of scary. They they showed him on the TV broadcast as he was going to the sidelines. And it looked like at one point his leg gave out on him. I'm like, oh, man, it might be something serious because he was kind of walking off with the help of trainers. And then his leg kind of like gave out. But he came back from the tent. Uh, maybe got it taped up, and he went back into the game. So uh, likely going to have to ice it up. Probably going to be pretty sore the next few days. But as the coaching staff said, things look a little bit different with him out there, a little bit of a burst to his game, someone that I think you can develop on the practice squad this year. Um, there's some uncertainty in terms of the, the roster in the next few years, though. Singletary's entering the final year of his deal. Uh, so as this time goes on, if the Bills don't keep some of these backs that they have on their roster around when it comes to the second contracts, that might be the opportunity for Blackshear to eventually make this 53-man roster. There could be a path 2023-2024, uh, uh, just probably not going to happen this year. But uh, again, if he performs like he did the rest of this preseason like he did tonight, definitely a practice squad spot for him, you would think. 450 watching on YouTube. You guys are bringing it on a Saturday night. Smash that like button. Subscribe as well. We're almost there, Ryan Talbot. Yes. I think we're almost there. there. We're at 190. Look at us. We're just, we're, we're, we're about to go over. We're, got, we're about to go over. I feel it. All right. So Ken Dorsey, interesting. First game tonight, um, calling the offense, calling the plays. It obviously didn't go super well early. And, and Sean McDermott said, you know, about Ken Dorsey's night, he was asked about like whether or not he's able to kind of listen listen in to like the back and forth as he's calling the game. And he kind of didn't really answer that part of the question, but he did get into some interesting stuff. So let's go through what, what, what Sean McDermott said. He said, I think uh, that's a lot what we can continue to learn from. It's not just what the result is, but it's situationally. Did we like what we called? I'm not saying we did or didn't, but as coaches will go back and it's preseason for us as well. In this case with Dorsey, he went through a stretch today where things weren't going the way we wanted them to go or we had scripted out, but he also came through in the end for his offense and put together a couple game winning drives there. Um, a couple of good drives, one game winning drive, but it's all right. I know we got back as coaches and evaluate ourselves. And I thought he did some really good things. Same thing with Matthew Smiley as his debut as special teams coordinator. That was good to see those guys. And I'm really proud of them. A couple of things with this with Dorsey, first and foremost, I don't know how much of the offense's performance was on Dorsey. I thought it was a little bit more on Keenum. I thought that the execution of the plays, it seemed like at times the offense was was moving and there were issues up front blocking. Um, uh, Zach Moss had that one really big run and then, you know, they just kept getting themselves into trouble with, you know, bad, uh, you know, turnovers. And as soon as those stopped in the second half with Mac Barkley, you know, the bill started to you know move the ball and they put points on the board. Yeah. Execution is exactly it, Matt. It wasn't there. A uh, few issues, obviously throughout the game. First drive though, the bills did move the ball deep into Colts territory against the first team defense. They have the turnover on downs. Again, there's a few high passes, uh, one in the end zone. I think that was for Sweeney. Um, they just couldn't kind of punch it in when it, when it mattered. Then you had a lot of sloppy play, the turnovers, interceptions, fumbles, um, you know, Ken Dorsey can't really control that. 
but there were some really good play calls mixed in there that that led to big plays late in the game. So there's going to be plays that he's going to want back. There's going to be plays they said, okay, that worked out really well with Barkley or the player was open for Keenum. He just didn't deliver the ball where it needed to go. Uh, there's a lot of self-reflection and coaching, and I'm sure that when when he sits down and looks back, he's going to say, okay, here's what we did really well. Here's what I'd like to get back or do better from my perspective, and here's what the Bills need to do better, the players, in terms of execution. Yeah, and I, I think just in general, you want some adversity um, for your players and your new, your new coaches because if you're not getting those kinds of situations now, you don't want to face – your first adversity in Los Angeles on Thursday night to open the season in front of a national audience. So I, I just think that, you know, going through what they went through today, I, I agree with Sean. I think it was a, a, a good way to start things off and, and finding a way to get guys open. I, I thought he called a good game. And I think making, you know, having the success they had with Matt Barkley, I know it was against the third string um, defense. I thought, you know, they'll, they'll be able to build on that. How much do you think we'll see Josh Allen in the preseason? <sighs> Very little. Um, we've already seen, you know, you look at the hit that Jalen Hurts took last night against the Jets when he was running with the ball and unnecessary hit out of bounds. Uh, Zach Wilson with the non-contact bone bruise. And, you know, it's a small sample size, but worst case scenario, you don't want your season uh, being over before it starts. You don't want your the face of your franchise being out for multiple weeks with something in, in a meaningless game. So I, I would think one or two series and kind of go from there. Um, for people worrying about rust, a lot of the best quarterbacks in the league, you, you look at like the Aaron Rodgers, the Bradys. Uh, I mentioned Justin Herbert, I believe, didn't have any, uh, doesn't get much preseason run. Um, they're going to be okay. There might be a few moments early in that game on Thursday against Thursday night against the Rams, I suppose, where there could be some rust. But Allen's a pro. He practices against a really good defense. Uh, he he knows what he's doing. He's been in this league long enough where I think you could get away with not playing him at all. But realistically, from what we've seen from the Bills, you probably want to get him out there for a series or two. Uh, I wouldn't lean toward an entire half or anything like that. I think he played almost an entire half last year against the Packers in, in the mm-hmm. preseason. It was pretty close to that, but I would say no more than a quarter, but I would really cut it off at about two series personally. Yeah. Um, I don't know how this is going to go because on one hand, I do think that the valuable reps of four Dorsey and Allen together. I know that they've been running those call it sessions in, in practice. I just don't know if it's the same. So I, that's going to be interesting to watch. Stay tuned. Maybe we'll get a little update on that throughout the week. Uh, if Sean McDermott decides to uh, tip his hand a little bit, which I doubt, but we'll see. Uh, John Livingston with a great super chat here. $20, $20 super stat, super chat from John Livingston. We got to pause the show and talk a little bit about this then. Um, hey guys, go bills. I love your show. Isaiah Hodgins, he has been great in camp, and he was great today. Do you guys think there's room for him? Tim Settle, I thought, looked powerful today as well. Thoughts on him? And I think we talked about both of these guys already, Ryan, but just to recap a little bit, number one, I think Settle's, how good he looked today was not a surprise. I think we kind of expected that coming into the season. He's one of the reasons why I'm I'm more, him and Jaquan Johnson, I'll use as two examples, I think you can play Josh Allen a little bit less in the preseason and not worry so much about this, the the chemistry with him and Ken Dorsey because of how good I think this defense has the potential to be coming out of the gates. 
Jaquan Johnson looked like the real deal tonight. Coming out, I thought he really set the tone early. Obviously, he had the interception, but he made a really good goal line stand, ended up uh, making a tackle down there, moved him back. They had to settle for a field goal. If Jordan Poirier's not ready to go, I think you're fine with Jaquan Johnson. And then you bring in this, this A squad with Von Miller and who knows, maybe Tredavious White's ready to go for you know a limited amount of snaps. I think Isaiah Hodgins has a really good path to the roster. I think he can make the team. Um, your thoughts on Isaiah Hodgins? Yeah, Hodgins, I think he's on the right side of the bubble right now. Uh, there's still two preseason games left, but he had a strong training camp. He's healthy. He's a draft pick of this regime, as I mentioned. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can utilize him on this field. I think that you can use him in the red zone. You can use him on the outside, uh, depending on, you know, dependent on the matchups in terms of the size. Um, I, I like a lot of what he brings to the table. So right now I think he, I give him the edge over Jake Kumaro for that last spot, but it, it's still not done by, by any means. Tim settle loved Tim settle. I was been high on Tim settle since he signed here. Uh, there was one clip from tonight's game. That's been kind of going out there on social media. It was off the snap where he just threw Quentin Nelson, one of the best offensive linemen in the game, uh, backwards off the snap with his push, with his rush, and that's impressive in its own in in its own right. And I think that uh, in a rotation where he's staying fresh with you know Ed Oliver and, and you have DeQuan Jones and Jordan Phillips, uh, it's going to be good for him late in games when he's still fresh to be able to make some plays as a run stopper, uh, get after the quarterback a little bit. One of my favorite signings of this offseason. I think he's going to pay big dividends for the Bills. We got another super chat here, Ryan. Sophia wants us to talk her down. Is Case enough for a Super Bowl run? I hate to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> but if if Josh Allen goes down and you got to rely on Case Keenum, if Mitch Trubisky was still here, um, Matt Barkley, you know, whoever you want to throw into the mix, backup quarterback, the elites of the elite, a Super Bowl run, I, I don't know if, you know, the Bills, the Bills have to have one of those legendary, you know, generational defenses for that to kind of be the case. Um, never say never. Case has had magic before. And again, I don't want to overreact to what we saw tonight. I think that's sometimes easy to do. Like I saw the first two series, some of the tweets that I saw from fans, I was kind of laughing a little bit. It's like, you know, just jumping off the deep end, right? Like jumping, jumping into the deep end of the water with some of these hot takes. Um, I don't know. You don't necessarily sign a backup quarterback to be enough for a Super Bowl run if your starter goes down. You sign him so that you can get by in the short term. And I do think the high end of Case Keenum, if Josh Allen were to be out for three or four weeks, you can get by. But we'll see. There's still more preseason to go here. Yeah, short term, I would feel fine with Keenum in a two, three game stretch, keeping the Bills afloat. Uh, playoff time, I, I don't think I would be confident that the Bills could make a Super Bowl run, but you mentioned it. Stranger things have happened. Nick Foles had that run uh, to get the Eagles to the Super Bowl. So it's happened for Keenum had a nice run with the Minnesota Vikings. He wasn't out there with the starting offensive lineman. He didn't have Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Dawson Knox, uh, any of that out in front of with him tonight. So you have to kind of keep that in mind as well. Um, short term, he, that's why they signed him. Someone that you can trust to, to 
uh, win you a close game if your defense is, is as good as they think the Bills' defense is going to be this year, but not someone you want to have to lean on in a playoff scenario where every team's pretty good if you're in that pl- in the playoffs. Shout out to Carl Tommen with a couple super chats here tonight, and thank you so much uh, to Sophia and to – uh, let me see here. John Livingston with the big, uh, yeah. big baller. You know, that's, that's a big ball. That's when you go and you buy everybody around a drinks at the, uh, uh, at the bar, right? Got a couple buddies out. Yeah, I got the first round. John Livingston coming in with the big $20 super chat. Thank you to all of you guys. That's awesome. We got over 500 watching on YouTube right now. Smash that like button. We're almost, we're over 200, Ryan. We're on the way to 300. Do we, do right. we need to go anywhere else before we get out of here? Well, I just want to point out Carl's comment there, a rise 82-yard kick for the best, worst Keenum entire day. It's hard to argue with those two things. Uh, a rise, uh, I think fans, just the anticipation of actually getting to see him in a, in a live game, uh, it lived up to the expectations because there were a lot of highlights of him last year, Matt, in college that would roll on ESPN. You don't see a lot of punter highlights, uh, but when he would have the 60, 70, 80-yard punts, uh, in college, they would definitely be featured, and I'm sure that this punt is going to be featured on NFL Network, ESPN. All the major networks are already running it on social media, so you know that's going to be in the news cycle for the next 24 hours. Uh, for the worst, yeah, hard to argue with Case Keenum's performance tonight, but for all the me- the reasons I already outlined and mentioned, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Wait until this next game. Um, realize that he didn't have the talent that Josh Allen ha- will have when he's out there on the field, the starting talent. So if Keenum ever were out there in a real live game scenario, a regular season game, the talent around him is going to be significantly better. And that's going to, to mask a lot of his deficiencies, a lot of the problems uh, or a lot of the skills that, that he doesn't have compared to Allen, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um. Somebody in the comments said, hey, all these big ballers, buy me a comment, would you please? Edward Aquino, <laughs> what do you got for us, buddy? I see you in here. I see you in the chat. Throw it down. I'll, I'll get you in here, buddy, if you got something good. Um, anything else? I'm trying to think before we get out of here. Uh, practice tomorrow. Then it's an off day on Monday. And then they'll practice Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then off day Friday. And then obviously the game back on Saturday. So we'll do a Wednesday show this week. Uh, unfortunately, we're done with the daily recaps. Practice will not be open to us anymore, uh, but we still got a lot of fun in store for you guys over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, looking forward to our, our live shows, our post-game shows, uh, Saturday, the last preseason game, and then obviously when the games start to matter. All right, we're going to get out of here on the... Oh, okay, we got one more question here. This is a good one. Who wins? Cody Ford versus Bobby Hart. Let's talk about both of their uh, performances tonight. Um, Bobby Hart started at left guard. Cody Ford started at right guard. It's interesting because I thought going into the season, they were going to give Cody Ford the op- the ability to play one spot, but they're really still moving him around quite a bit um, between the two guard spots. I don't know how he's handling that, but I think overall Bobby Hart has looked decent at guard I noticed him a couple times on some bad reps where listen I don't think it was ever going to be good tonight when you got Greg Van Roten starting at center and I don't think he played a lot of center the last couple years for the Jets I know you can do it but it's not ideal you know you're working out from that and it's almost like a bad situation across the board for everybody involved Uh, I didn't think 
anybody on the offensive line played particularly well today. I saw a couple of times where Tommy Doyle got, you know, beat pretty bad. Some really bad beats on one play where he just, you know, kind of like we talked about in training camp. It wasn't Von Miller there. So um, there's a lot of concern I have on the on the line right now. I still wonder if if it's just a situation where you think you can get Bobby Hart back on your practice squad and unless Cody Ford absolutely just can't get anything done, I, I still don't see that a path to him not being on the roster unless they want to trade him. Listen, I can see him getting cut. I shouldn't say it that way. I mean, if, they, if he doesn't do well, I can see them cutting him. I just think because in the last year of his rookie deal, because of all the time spent developing him, unless there's real problems there, I do think that they say we've thrown him out there before and it's been okay at, you know, at worst sometimes. I don't know. What do you think about it? It's really tough because you mentioned it forward as a former second round pick, uh, someone that I think they still have some confidence in. Hart, however, I, you know, he's been pretty decent this summer at guard when they've had him at guard. And that's not something that I was anticipating. And, and it reminds me a little bit of Eric Flowers, uh, the former Giants. I think he's with the Commanders now. Um, the, he was a tackle originally, really struggled, looked like he wasn't going to be in this league very long. They, they, one of the teams kicked him inside to guard. He ended up playing pretty well there, getting a, a decent contract out of it. Uh, I'm not saying that Hart is the next Flowers in terms of getting a good contract or anything like that, but maybe guard is his ideal spot, and maybe the Bills figured that out, and, and he could be a decent depth option. There, there's depth concerns across this league and offensive line, so if either one of them is on the outside looking in, um, they could potentially get claimed elsewhere, signed elsewhere. Uh, I know people would say, not Bobby Hart, but Hart was on the Titans at one point, I believe, last year before the Bills brought him back. He's been around this league. Ford being a former second-round pick, there's going to be teams out there that uh, still think that they could kind of fix whatever you know hasn't worked for him to date in the league. Uh, there's still a lot of GMs that probably brought him in for a top 30 visit or really did their due diligence on him. So it's tough at the end of the day because I think the bills have questions in terms of concern, uh, in terms of depth, I should say across the board and it just comes down to their pers personal preference of who they think the better option is. The best option out there is tops friendly markets from your child's first birthday party to your holiday fees, Sunday football to backyard barbecues and every meal in between tops is proud to have been at your table for the past 60 years and looks forward to 60 more tops at your table since 1962. There's not too many people that I'd rather have at my table than Mr. Ryan Talbot. Thank you, buddy. It has been a fun one. Our first post-game edition. Head over to the site. Check out everything that's up over there. We'll have more for you tomorrow and throughout the week coming up. I got a couple stories that I've been working on uh, on a couple of rookies. I'm really excited for them. Uh, so check those out next week. Uh, Kate and Tom says, uh, you guys got to talk about Elam and Benford. We did. We did go back, rewind to the start of the podcast, and we got you covered. Thank you so much for the super chats, for the support. You guys have been awesome. We will see you on Wednesday night. Take care, everybody.